This is Ham College, Episode 7, for July 31st, 2015. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM and the Bidirect DSTAR Infrastructure Program, and by hamstudy.org, a great place to study for your amateur license exam. Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of Ham College. I'm Tommy. I'm George. And it's, it's great to be back with you again. We're going to cover some more questions from the technician pool this time around. So what, what episode number is this? What episode? This is episode seven, officially. Yeah. It's yeah. actually the eighth episode. Yeah, we're moving right along. Yeah. You know, we just, we didn't count that first one just to kind of give us a little head start. Yeah. That's okay. We needed a head start. We did. <laughs> you know, whenever we're doing an episode of Ham College, we're trying to stream it live, but we also have a chat room, and there's a bunch of you in there right now. Chat room's only active when we're actually streaming either Ham College or Amateur Logic. It's at amateurlogic.tv slash chat, and uh, we've got a, a nice little conversation going in there right now. Yeah, there's a lot of fun in there. If you're on YouTube... And the chat on YouTube, we cannot see that one, so leave that one. Come to the URL that you see on your screen right now and join in on the fun over on uh, the other chat room, the yep. official one. The official chat room. Well, we've got uh, several things we're going to do tonight, but first I'll tell you, maybe we all just look at what we did last time. Just a quick review okay. of, of what we talked about last time. One of the things we talked about was diodes. You know, they're kind of uh, they're kind of necessary. Pretty useful and <laughs> quite useful. Quite useful. It's in pretty much everything. Yeah, in pretty much everything. You're right about that. <laughs> we brought out the oscilloscope. All right. And we're going to do that again this time for another demonstration. All now right. we're we're not suggesting that everybody studying for your technician exam goes out and buys an oscilloscope. No, you. You, you won't need that to pass the test. No, absolutely not. And uh, we did, actually did get some emails about showing the oscilloscope, but some things, you, that's the only way you're going to be able to visualize what we're trying to show you here. So it's just a tool to be able to demonstrate. And, and that's the way it is this week. We want to show you something that we, we just couldn't show you with an ohmmeter or anything else like that. Yeah, so everybody doesn't have to buy an oscilloscope. You can do like me and come mooch off of someone that already has one. Well, you can, but you really haven't had to mooch much. No, I don't ha really haven't had any need for it, it. It's not something you use a lot. If you if you got one, great. If you can get one, great, but yeah. you absolutely have to have it. Nah. You know. Not not for most people. Now, we also talked about series and parallel circuits a little bit. Um, that was Actually, a carryover from the previous lesson, we, mm -hmm. we had wanted to show and talk about it a little bit, so we did. We showed a little bit and talked about yeah, it this time Yeah, that was some around. interesting stuff. We've always got a history lesson every time we do ham college. So let's take a look now at ham radio history. We needed one of those, uh, what do they call it, a stinger? Ham history or whatever. Yep. I don't know. We're we going to have to come up with something Stingers. cool for that. All right, so today we're going to talk about radio waves. That's pretty much the foundation for everything ham radio. So without that, we may as well yeah. pick up the telephone. Not your cell phone either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> okay, so by definition, radio waves are electromagnetic radiation having a wavelength between about 0.5 centimeters and 30,000 meters used for the broadcasting of radio and television signals. Radio waves were first predicted by physicist James Clerk Maxwell. Maxwell noticed wave-like properties of light as well as in electricity and in magnetism. He proposed equations that describe light waves and radio waves as waves by electromagnetism that travel in space. These waves are radiated by a charged particle as it undergoes acceleration. In 1887, Heinrich Hertz created an experiment by generating radio waves in his laboratory. 
Hertzian waves are used to communicate and transfer information today. Frequencies are measured in hertz, megahertz, kilohertz, gigahertz, etc. Radio waves travel at a speed of light. When they pass through an object, they are slowed down. The amount they're slowed down depends on the density of that object. I'm sure you've heard of the wavelength. That's the distance from one peak of the wave to the next peak. The wavelength will be different based on frequency of the wave. Higher frequencies will have a shorter wavelength. And I think we'll see that later. Okay, so that's... The wavelength is measured from the peak of one wave to the peak of the to next. To the peak of the next. And you can see a demonstration there. Yeah, long waves are farther apart. Short mm -hmm. waves are closer together. Right. Once they're generated, electromagnetic or radio waves travel through space directly or can have their path altered by reflection, refraction, diffraction. The intensity of the waves can be diminished because of dispersion, and likewise, some of the energy might also be absorbed by various materials. Noise will also diminish the signal. This is called electromagnetic interference and comes from natural sources as well as artificial ones. If the magnitude of the noise is large enough, the signal won't be copyable anymore. The signal-to-noise ratio is a fundamental limit to the range of radio communications. The weaker your signal gets, the closer it gets to the noise level, the harder it's going to be able to hear. Yeah, you know, really, signal-to-noise ratio is more important than signal strength. Yeah. Because you can get by with less signal if you've got less noise. If you've got less noise. So yeah. if anybody tells you you're down in the mud, your signal-to-noise ratio is not, uh, not too good. Not good. Yep. So, yeah, radio waves. We're going to look at those here in just a little bit, and we're going to bring out the scope for that. All right, some scope action. And some, or some radio action, too. Awesome. We'll actually do some radio this time. Cool. To make that happen. There's, these are things you're going to have to study on. That's what our, our questions are going to be on tonight is radio waves. They're not going to be, well, they're not going to be quite as dull as the rules and regulations questions. But then again, they're going to be a little bit tougher than, than some other, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be a little tougher to reason out. So they're, they're going to take a little bit more effort to study and, and, and memorize and actually learn what's going on yep. with some of these. They certainly are. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment. And I'll tell you what, when we come back, we'll, we'll give away something. And then we'll have our little lesson here and okay. um, talk more about radio waves. ICOM America and ICOM Canada are teaming up to offer ham radio operators some incredible savings. Get a great deal on a D-Star repeater direct from ICOM and help expand D-Star across North America. With the release of the ID-51A Plus and ID-5100A, more people are getting on the air with D-Star. For a limited time, ICOM is offering a bi-direct D-Star promotion for U.S. and Canadian residents only. Purchase the D-Star repeater through the D-Star infrastructure program. Visit ICOM America's website view current amateur promotions and buy direct. This promotion is good for a limited time only. Review complete instructions online and call or email in your order today. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's bi-direct program, so we want to spring it on them. Yeah, we want to spring it on them. If you'll be showing them and tell them what we got there, All I'm right. going to well, see myself. Well, we've got this stylish ICOM cap and a stylish ICOM Ham Crew T-shirt. You'll be the best looking guy at the uh, ham fest right next to the guy wearing the other best looking guy wearing the ham, the uh, amateur logic shirts. So anyway, looking good. 
hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. How does that work? That works for me. And uh, it's going to be a random drawing, so it doesn't matter if you're the first one yeah. or not. And there's, there's no tricky questions or anything like that. Just type in that address, hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Put your name and call sign in there so we will know it's you. Yep. And if you win, we'll get in touch with you, find out your address and what size of shirt you want. Good luck to you. Good luck in the contest. So let's get this set up here and do some radio wave experimenting. This is a 2000 hertz audio signal that we're looking at right here. It's a sine wave, that little flickering you see, and that's just because we're not triggering correctly on it. But you, you can hear the, the tone there a little bit. Yeah, if I'm we, surprised your dogs aren't howling out there. They could be. Uh, we can't hear it because we're deaf from listening to the tone. <laughs> As we, Tommy mentioned earlier, you know, to check a wavelength, you'd measure from the top of one waveform to the top of the next one right there. And uh, that would be your wavelength. The wavelength, yeah. On this scope, you can actually put markers on here, or what they call cursors, that you can mark one spot and then slide it over and mark another spot. And you can actually measure the distance between those two, but it gives it to you in time rather than a wavelength. Okay, you so can, then you could calculate You it. could calculate it out so, from that. So you must have knew. I was actually just about to ask you if you could measure the wavelength with this. That's funny how that happened, isn't it? It is. <laughs> now, what happens if we increase the frequency of this tone here? Let's go on up a little bit. You can see the higher we go in frequency, the closer these waves are getting together. Yeah. That means the wavelength is, is getting shorter as frequency increases, which is exactly what we learned earlier. As these get higher, we're not actually picking them up on our little test speaker here very well. My ears are. Volume. <laughs> but we can see they just, as frequency goes up, they just keep getting closer and closer together. Here's 20,000 hertz right here. Wow, I can't even hear it. Yep. So that's an audio signal right there. See, it's a, it's a sine wave. So I'll tell you what, let's, let's look at some RF now. So I'll unhook the audio oscillator. Well, we'll bring out the handy talkie here. I'll have to reset the scope up so that uh, it's looking at the right thing. I got a little rubber duck attached to it there. You don't see that every day? No, you don't. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably the first time I've ever done it. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. So let's look at some RF now. We've got the handy talkie here on two meters. We'll key up. There's RF we're seeing right there on the screen as I get closer oh, sure to the antenna. Yeah, you got to get pretty close for it to pick yeah. it up. So... It's, it's just like a solid bar, though. If we start increasing on the horizontal here on the scope, we'll see that it finally turns into waves. Once I get out as far as I can, you can see the waves there. This looks just like audio, doesn't it? It sure does. It's just a much higher frequency and a much shorter wavelength. Mm -hmm. All right, let's, that's VHF. Let's go up to UHF and just take a look at it. There's a UHF signal right there. We'll have to increase the gain on the scope to be able to see it. You notice there's there's a lot more waves here. Sure They're a lot is. closer together. Yeah, it's a lot it's a lot weaker. Yeah. Now the reason for that, this scope is limited to 100 megahertz, which is a good scope. Uh -huh. But we're trying to look at 440 megahertz with it, so it's it's, it's out of band. Yeah, so you're just kind of getting basically it over yeah. overloaded. Overloading it, you're getting and a little bit in it. Two meters actually was the same way. Uh, two meters is actually it's out of band as well. It is, but it can still measure it. And if uh -huh. you notice when I get real close to it, it goes to clipping. Yeah, uh, that's just because we're overloading it. But uh, there you go. So essentially. What we've discovered there is an audio uh, waveform and an RF waveform from this handy talkie look exactly the same. Yeah, just just the wavelength is yep, a little bit different. The wavelength or frequency is is just a little different between the two. Yeah, that's pretty pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Now we didn't look at modulation. We'll look at that one day. We'll we'll 
talk about modulation. Yeah, I think that's going to be an, uh, an upcoming topic for uh, the history lesson, and then we'll probably have a project that goes along with it, I'm sure. Yep. Well, let's look at one other thing now. You know, we were talking about wavelengths. We've got a chart here that shows we start here at the bottom, the 160 meter band, 1.8 megahertz. We're going up through all the HF bands up to the 10 meter band. Let me pick up with VHF. We got the 6 meter band, 2 meters, uh, 222 megahertz, 440. Yeah, 440, 70 centimeters. Yep, the 900 megahertz band. The 1240 megahertz band or yeah. 1.2 gigs. It doesn't gigs. list those in meters, but uh, this kind of gets the point across that their their uh, approximate wavelength is yeah. in meters, right? So it's approximately 160 meters. Right. But it's not exact because it's going to be a, a fraction of that up and down the. Right. Yeah. Everything can't be. All these frequencies can't be 160 meters, but. We're identifying as approximately 160 meters. Now, mm -hmm. this is not all the bands that amateurs have. There's actually a band below 160 meters that we um, received authorization to use here a few years back. It's experimental. I don't remember the frequency of that right off. But also, up here on the top, you see we've got uh, 1.2 gigahertz band. We've also got uh, privileges at 2.4 gigahertz. Yeah. And I believe some privileges above that. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, we've actually got a lot of spectrum. We need to use that stuff yeah. so we don't lose it. Right. You can get this band chart here from the ICOM America website. There's another band plan you can get as well. That's uh, this one right here. It comes from the ARRL. Essentially the same information. I'm just laid out a little bit differently here. But you can see that um, down here in the 160 meter band, only extras, advanced, and general class licensees can use that band. The portion there that's in red, then the plan says that we're going to use that for Ridian data. The portion in green says that we're going to use that for phone and images. Well, it just happens 160 meters, you can do any of that. Uh, that's the band plan. That's suggested. It's kind of like a gentleman's agreement that that's the modes we're going to operate there. Uh, you can see on the 80 meter band, the privileges change a little bit. The extras get a big portion of the uh, 80 meter band there. Mm -hmm. The advanced get almost as much. The generals, um, maybe half as much. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was that would be a good reason there to upgrade to um, your extra class license. It is. If you're a generals, just so you can get that extra band uh, right there because when conditions get really crowded, the general meter or the general portion of the band during a contest here may be completely full down there in the extra portion you've got a little more room spread out mm -hmm. uh, same thing with some of the other bands here some of the bands uh, extra advanced and general get to use a whole band but some of the other bands the extras and the advanced get a little more now you can't get an advanced class license anymore they quit issuing those some years ago but there's still people with the advanced license yeah our buddy wayne yep so you know that we still have them shown in the band plan here now what is the gentleman's agreement and suggested is that you operate the modes indicated by the colors here mm -hmm. what is not a gentleman's agreement and is fcc rules is what part of that band you can use depending on your class of license yeah and you'll notice that where are the technician class? Where do they begin? Well, actually, if you look here on 15 meters, novices and technicians have a little portion here they can do CW. That's indicated by the jagged line there. Yeah. There's no novice licenses issued anymore either. Well, they also have a, a small they, they slice up here on 80 meters. For CW, mm -hmm. a, slow, a small slice on 40 meters as well. Yep. Uh, when you get down here to 10 meters, though, they've got a little space there that they can work ready in data. And you see the yellow spot. They can work a little bit of single sideband down there, too. So technicians can get on HF and, and talk voice in Just the 10 meter band. Just enough to get your feet wet. Just enough to get your feet wet. Yep. Uh, on 6 meters here, 
they've got all the six meters. Yeah. As a matter of fact, all classes of licenses get the whole six meter band. Yeah. So from fifty from fifty yep. megahertz on up, I think is pretty well uh, yep. open to all classes. You, all classes have uses of that. So uh, you're in good shape on uh, VHF, UHF, and, and higher bands. On HF, you've got little areas you can work certain modes there. These are great resources. So you know if you're going to get your license or have it print these out and keep it yeah, handy because you want to make sure that you're not operating in the wrong place these band plans and privileges of frequencies you can use are not the same all over the world right so just because you hear someone talking on a particular hf frequency and it's a ham doesn't mean you can talk to them there's frequencies they're using in europe that we can't use here yeah. and and vice versa so uh, you do need a band plan handy so you can check to be sure that am I licensed to transmit on this frequency? Right. Yeah. And most of your radios are going to be limited to, well, not, no. No, they don't have to be. Yeah, not, it's going to be the spectra, the, uh, the band that we're allowed in the United States, but not on a class of license. Right. Mm -hmm. so, and the radio could have possibly been modified before you got it. So it might possibly transmit on frequencies that aren't legal to yeah, use. Yeah, well, that's very possible. Yeah. Very possible. Get one of these band charts here. Even if you're not an amateur yet, these would not be too bad to have because there are going to be some questions asking about where your privileges are that you can operate. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. There are quite a few of them, actually. Yeah. So we'll be back in just a moment, and we'll pick up with the technician question pool. It's refreshment time, and our refreshment stand is loaded with good things to eat. There's crispy, crunchy popcorn, and hot, delicious, buttered popcorn, lots of candy, and frosty, refreshing cold drinks. Why not treat yourself at the refreshment center now? Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org powered by ICOM for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. Monsters do have their place in the zoo, in your nightmares, in the deep, in your favorite horror movies. Not in your living room, on your TV. Don't let pay TV be the monster in your living room. Pay TV and cable TV companies are seeking the right to charge you for the very programs you now get free. If you want to stop pay TV and save free television, sign the petition in the lobby of this theater. Let your lawmakers know how you feel in the fight against pay TV and cable TV. So let's get on into the technician question pool now. Some more questions. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about radio waves this time around. Yeah. So y you know you're in for an exciting time. Hey, that's what we're all here for, right? That is. If it weren't for is. radio waves, we wouldn't be here today. I've we wouldn't. We, we wouldn't, wouldn't be sitting here show, doing yeah, this today. Right. I think I, I hope, <laughs> I'm not sure that. I hope we would exist. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, okay. let's get on into the first one here. Yeah, moving right along. Yeah, we'll try to bail out of that as quick as we can. <laughs> what does the abbreviation RF refer to? It's A, radio frequency signals of all types. B, the resonant frequency of a tuned circuit. C, the real frequency transmitted as opposed to the apparent frequency. D, reflective force and antenna transmission lines. Well, what do you think? Well, this one's pretty easy, actually. Um, yeah. I'm, go I'm going to go with A, just because I know what it is. I mean, that pretty much anybody that's been heard anything about radios got it, but reflective force and antenna transmission lines, that, that doesn't really make much sense to me. That's no. I guess that's another way of kind of mess butchering up SWR, but that's yeah, that's inaccurate. Re the real frequency, that you know, that's not right. As opposed to the apparent frequency, what the <laughs> heck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and the resonant right. frequency of a tuned circuit, that that doesn't that's make a lot of yet. sense either. It's radio frequency signals of all type. And you're correct. Fist bump. There we go. We can get by with two or three of those per yep. show. We try to limit it, and we're also we're going to try to stay away from the anode jokes this time around. Too. Thank you. <laughs> Next question. What is the unit of frequency? A, Hertz. B, Henry. C, Farad. Or D, Tesla. Well, this one is mine. That's yours. And I actually told you the answer earlier tonight. I think you did. Yep. And you didn't talk about Tesla, so I know that's not it. But I know I don't know that there is a unit of measure called Tesla, so no. we can rule that out. But he was an interesting fellow. Yep. C. Farad. Well, that's a measure of capacitance, not a frequency. B. Henry. That's a measure of inductance, but not frequency. So A. Heinrich Hertz. Yep. I think that's it. Let's see. Give it up. All right, that's number two. Number two. All right, the next question. If a frequency readout calibrated in megahertz shows a reading of 3.525 megahertz, what would it show if it were calibrated in kilohertz? A, it would show 0.003525 kilohertz. B, 35.25 kilohertz. C, 35.25 kilohertz. Or D, 3,525,000 kilohertz. Okay. This one is yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's, since it's in tens, I mean, it's megahertz, kilohertz, gigahertz. All you got to do is move the decimal. So I'm going to go with C, 3,525 kilohertz. And you would be correct. Let's show there we go. Tommy is correct. You know, you also often hear people talking about HF frequencies. You, you might be on, say, 3847 kilohertz. That's 3.847 megahertz. If you're looking at your radio, it's going to say 3.0. Well, yeah, but most of the time they don't say it like that. No. I'm on 3862 or whatever. Yeah. And you just do it. Yeah, most, most folks just just give it out in kilohertz. I'll often do it in megahertz, so just for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You can do it either way, though, but be sure you got your kilohertz or your megahertz right, or there's a big, big error there. Yeah, but if you're on the right band, you'll figure it out pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, next question, Tommy. What term describes the number of times per second that an alternating current reverses direction? A, pulse rate. B, the speed. C, wavelength. Or D, the frequency. And this one would be yours. Well, you know, that, that sounds pretty tough. These things are all kind of interrelated here. A, pulse rate. Well, it is, you know, our pulse is going on at a certain rate. C, speed, well, yeah, it is kind of speed because those pulses are occurring at a certain speed. 
C wavelength well yeah it's kind of wavelength too because there is wavelength between those pulses but I think the answer we're looking for there is D uh, the number of times per second that an alternating current reverses direction we know we measure that in Hertz and times per second is the key there so that yep. tells you how often and how frequent so yeah so frequency. let's see it is frequency now, frequency can be measured in either hertz or cycles per second. They used to call it cycles per second. Mm -hmm. You'd see it written as CPS uh, on, on some really older radios. But uh, it means the same thing, hertz or cycle per second. But frequency. Yep. Way to go. What type of wave carries radio signals between transmitting and receiving stations? It's A, electromagnetic. B, electrostatic. C, surface acoustic. Or D, magnostructive. Magneto restrictive. Magnetostrictive. Yeah, I've never even heard of that one before. I haven't either. I'm so I'm pretty I'm well going to go ahead and strike <laughs> that one from the list of possible answers right now then. Yep, I, I, that would be wise. Okay, surface, surface acoustic. How's that? I don't even know what that is, so that... I've never heard of such. B, electrostatic. If, honestly, I actually told you the answer to this one earlier, too. But uh, well, but we want to know the answer to it now. The answer to it now is A, electromagnetic. Well, everybody in the chat room is agreeing with you, Tommy. They're all saying that it's A. This so. is for a lot of smart people that watch this show. Well, it is. And... They're all correct. All right. For and the last you, time tonight, we're going to have to And I missed them. Else. You didn't give me a fist bump while ago, so you owe oh. me one. Okay. All right. What is the name for the distance a radio wave travels during one complete cycle? A, wave speed. B, wave form. C, wave length. Or D, wave spread. <laughs> so what is the name for the distance a radio wave travels during one complete cycle? Hmm. Seems like we talked about one complete cycle yeah, earlier. It seems like we just looked at it. It seems like we did. I can see it in my mind right now. I'm going to say it's waveform, but let's see. Why did I say waveform? I meant wavelength. I don't know. But <laughs> it makes me very happy. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever missed one before, Tommy. <clears throat> None. <laughs> Not that one. I wouldn't have figured you would have missed that one I either. wouldn't either. I don't know why I did. I knew it was wavelength. But it just happens. I guess I was thinking I was looking at a waveform. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but it is wavelength. Um, we can just move on at this point. <laughs> Wait, let's discuss this a little bit more. Well, it's not wave speed. I don't know, of, <laughs> you know of, of that term. Waveform is what we were looking at on a scope. Mm -hmm. That was a waveform. The sine wave. Wavelength is the distance that it travels in one complete cycle. In wave spread, that's just some junk they made up to put on the... T it's kind of like Vegemite, isn't it? <laughs> wave spread. Okay. Wave spread. So it's All wavelength. Right. All right, so let's get on to the next one here. What are the two components of a radio wave? A, AC and DC. B, voltage and current. C, uh, electric and magnetic fields. D. Ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. And this one's yours. This one, I'm not totally sure on this one, so I, I don't think it's going to be D. Ionizing and non-ionizing. Although there is such a thing. There. there is, but I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think that's it. Okay, and I don't think A is not A, AC, and DC, so it's going to be B or C. And voltage and current? No, nah, I'm going to go with C, but because voltage and current doesn't make just doesn't make much sense to me. I think it's going to be C. Well, let's see if you're right here. And you are. Oh, got lucky, because I honestly really didn't know this one. I couldn't remember. Electric and magnetic <clears throat> fields. Uh, that is correct. It's uh, electromagnetic waves. Cool. Oh. So reasoning them out sometimes does help. It does help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't if you're just going to say waveform. Yeah. 
if you <laughs> if you know the answer, you're just going to say the wrong one. <clears throat> there you go. But it does happen. It does happen. Okay, next question here. How fast does a radio wave travel through free space? A, at the speed of light. B, at the speed of sound. C, its speed is inversely proportional to its wavelength. And D, its speed increases as the frequency increases. And let's see, whose is turn it my is my turn it? or yours? Oh, your, it's your turn, because I've it's got the last turn. one. Okay. Well, people in the chat room are not answering on this one, so this is... No a, cheating. This is a pretty... Well, I was hoping to get a little <laughs> help in there. How fast does a radio wave travel through, th through free space? It increases speed as the frequency increases. Now, the, the speed of a radio wave really doesn't change with frequency. So D is not right. C, its speed is inversely proportional to its wavelength. No, it, it, it doesn't change speed. Um, B, at the speed of sound. No, it's a little faster than that. I think we all know really the answer is A, is at the speed of light, and everybody in the chat room is saying it's A, and it is yeah. at the speed of light. You know, I really should have looked at that chat room before I, uh, I made the waveform answer earlier. I could have got away with that. Unfortunately, there's no chat room when you're taking your test. That's right. All right, so on with the next one here. How does the wavelength of a radio wave relate to its frequency? A, the wavelength gets longer as the frequency increases. B, the wavelength gets shorter as the frequency increases. C, there is no relationship between wavelength and frequency. Or D, the wavelength depends on the bandwidth of the signal. And this one, the wavelength, how does the wavelength of a radio relate to its frequency? And we saw earlier the sine wave, the higher the frequency it got, the closer mm -hmm. the wavelength got, or the shorter it got. Right. So we saw that. So I, was, I know that the answer, A, the wavelength gets longer as it increases. Uh, the answer is going to be B, the wavelength gets shorter as the frequency increases. So the higher the frequency, the tighter the sine wave is going to be. You, you were looking at the chat room, weren't you? No. There's no relationship between the wavelength and the frequency. We know that's not true. Right. Wavelength depends yeah. on the bandwidth. That's not true. So it's B. Yep. And and you're right. The wavelength does get shorter as frequency increases. I think we talked about that just a little yeah, bit Yeah, and we earlier. demonstrated it. And we did. We did demonstrate mm -hmm. it. What is a formula for converting frequency to approximate wavelength in meters. And it's A, wavelength in meters equals frequency in hertz multiplied by 300. Wavelength in meters equals the frequency in hertz divided by 300. That's B. Yeah. Uh, C, wavelength in meters equals frequency in megahertz divided by 300. Or D, wavelength in meters equals 300 divided by Frequency in megahertz. Oh, this everybody knows this. This is so easy. Okay. <laughs> you do need to think about it a little bit. <clears throat> but apparently the guys in the chat room don't need to. They they've all been good. Don't look at that. Too late. <laughs> what well, is the formula for converting converting frequency to approximate wavelength in meters? Frequency. Wavelength in meters equals frequency in hertz multiplied by 300. That's going to give you, I think that's going to give you too high a number. I really, I don't know the answer to this one, so I'm just going to have to try to figure it out. Well. I, I'd see what they say, but I don't, uh, I shouldn't have glanced. I yeah, cheated. You did cheat. Yeah. So they're saying D. Well, just because they said D, you I'm pick not a different one. That. I'm not going to go for that. <laughs> I would have guessed C, but they're saying D. Yep, they're saying D. But and, I would have uh, guessed C, because I think it seems like that would give me about what I would have been expecting. Well, 
You aren't the only one who guessed C. We had one other person in the chat. So let's room. see what it is. I'm guessing C. Okay, I'm so I'm wrong. Yeah. Here, I, I think we can uh, bring a little light onto the situation here. If you look at that, there you go right there. Uh, the What we were wanting to do is convert frequency to wavelength. So if you look at the bottom, wavelength in meters equals 300 divided by the frequency in megahertz. Or to find the frequency in megahertz, it's 300 divided by wavelength in meters. Or we can look at it another way. We can draw us out one of these little pyramids right here, mm -hmm. or triangles. You put 300 on top, and you put frequency below it on the left and wavelength on the right, and there you got it. Either frequency or wavelength, you can find either one you want by just taking 300 and dividing it. So if, to figure out the wavelength, divide 300 by the frequency. To figure out the frequency, divide 300 by the wavelength. Ah. Now that gives it to you in meters. It, it's a different value in feet. It is not 300. Yeah, but meters is what we deal with. Meters is what we deal with uh, in this particular question. Mm -hmm. Unless we're out building an antenna and uh, yeah. I don't have a metric tape measure. You don't? No. Do you? I have an iPhone with a converter. You can get a converter. Is out. that like a 30-foot iPhone or is <laughs> <laughs> just a 24-foot one? <clears throat> so I blew that one. Yeah, well, we'll give you one. We're tied. It's um, one, one mess for each team here tonight. Uh, Mike said even his wife said D. <laughs> I blew it. You, you I'm should, so, you I'm should hang your head in shame. I am. I will on the way home. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next question here. I hated, I hated to pick D because everybody gave me the answer. Yeah. So, what property of radio waves is often used to identify the different frequency bands? A, the approximate wavelength. B, the magnetic intensity of waves. C, the time it takes for waves to travel one mile. Or D, the voltage standing wave ratio of waves. <laughs> now this one is mine. So, the property of radio waves is often used to identify the different frequency bands. Well, I don't know of a VSWR, voltage standing wave ratio, um, as being used to identify one of the bands no. on, the, on ham radio. The time it takes for the waves to travel in one mile, no, we know that the speed of the waves doesn't really change with frequency. Uh, B, the magnetic intensity of the wave, uh, that just wouldn't really have anything to do with it. If it had anything to do with anything, it'd be more about the strength of a wave rather than the frequency of it. So, A, the approximate wavelength. We looked at that a little earlier. We did. When we looked at these charts right here, we, we were talking about the approximate wavelengths here, like a 160-meter band at the bottom. That's approximately 160 meters because everything in that band can't be 160 meters. It's, right. It's just approximate. So I'm going to go with A there, the approximate wavelength. Good call. That's what everybody in the chat room is saying. So let's see. Bingo. Chat room's right again. Chat room's right again. So we got one more question here on radio waves tonight. And Tommy, I'm going to ask you this one. Okay. And it is, what is the approximate velocity of a radio wave as it travels through free space? Not paid space, free space. Free space? Yeah. A, 3,000 kilometers per second. Or B, 300 million meters per second. C, 300,000 miles per hour. Or D, 186 miles per hour. Well, I think it would be 186,000 miles per second. 
I'm going to, I'm going with B and I only so 300 million meters per second. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got it. And that is correct. You know, if you're trying to think about this in miles, that's going to kind of throw you off. Yeah, but it. see, you can do, it's 186,000 miles per second that light travels, so you could actually, you can take a calculator in there. I could have calculated that in the test session. Hmm. So you can do more with that iPhone than just measure the, the length. You can use it for something besides a metric. Tape yeah, measure. calculator on there. Calculator, okay. Well, there you go. Questions from the amateur radio technician pool in the United States uh, dealing with radio waves. Yeah, fundamental of everything, ham radio. Yep, pretty much. So, Tommy, I think we got through that one. We both uh, we both lost one for the team in there. We did. It was painful. It was kind of painful. It stung a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And uh, the guys over here in the chat room have been doing real good. There's been very few wrong answers in there tonight. Of yeah. course, there never really is. So what's going on over in the chat room tonight? Well, they've been discussing some of these questions here, and there was a good bit of discussion on that last one. You know, I think it's because we all learned uh, miles per second when uh -huh. we were in. Yeah, in elementary like, school or yeah. junior high school or whatever it was. Back in the prehistoric times, I'm sure they learn it in meters today, but... Well, this, not in this country. They don't do much on meters there. They don't. I think they may learn the basics, you know, of the metric system, but they just don't do a lot with it. Uh, let's see. Rim Firefly is asking, George, which Astron power supply for the IC7200? Tommy, can you see the model number on that Astron power supply up there? I can't. Nope, but it's the 30, 30 amp. 30-amp switching supply. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the number of it. It's. I like. I actually like those little MFJ switching supplies actually those better than that Those are pretty nice, one. too. I don't it's know that so I like small. it better. It's, I, I, I do. It's so small, man. It's small. It's got the uh, Anderson power poles already on it. Tell you what. Let me walk up there and get a couple of model numbers. All right. And I'll let you relay for me. They said, they said the switching supplies are the SS models, so maybe that's the newer, the newer version of it. It's an SS 30M. SS 30M. That's what we actually we both have. Yep. And what's the model number for that little MFJ supply? MFJ 4230 MVP. MFJ 4230 MVP is the other one. That's a nice little supply. That little MFJ is normally running my, my D-Star rig down there, but I did take it out and use it for HF mm -hmm. at field day and work fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It works great. Uh, Ralph is asking, did I solve my Comcast problems? What he was talking about there is Wednesday night, we were all getting online there on Skype to do Ham Nation, and my picture was just horrible. It's like the yeah, first that. time ever, and you know, it was really, really bad. Well, I had Comcast come out the next day, and Tommy, you you would, um, I know you've got a soft spot in your heart for people who deal with this issue, but the cable running from the pole out there to the house that my cable TV and my internet are on had been gnawed by squirrels. So now I know where the squirrels went that used to be in my yard. I haven't seen them lately. Yep, they're I, full I of I dropped them off out of the back of my truck over here when I came last <laughs> week. They had gnawed in the coax in several spots, and it had happened a long time ago. Man, those little scoundrels will eat almost anything up. At my other house I had, not far from where I live now, they ate, they ate the aluminum fence. Really? They look, They chewed up the aluminum fence, the little straps that held the chain link on, uh, the aluminum straps. They ate those things really? up. Yeah. Man. They're, they're uh, pests. They are. Tommy, I guess um, that's, that's all I've got for the night. Yeah, that's it for me, too. So thanks for joining us here on the chat room, and uh, thanks for joining us on the live stream. And for all of those that are watching the the recorded download here. 
Thank you, too. Uh, yeah. We've been hearing from more and more people that have taken their exams recently and are passing. Yeah, we have, and I appreciate you sharing those stories with us. If if you've been watching Ham College and, and it's helped you to, to get your ticket, let us know. It's kind of nice to hear, nice mm -hmm. to know that, that what we're doing here is kind of helping out. Yeah, and I think it's probably more getting folks enthused right. than because we still... I don't know how far we've actually made it to the question pool. I haven't made yeah, it. Yeah, oh yeah. When we we said up front, if, don't don't wait till we get to every question before you go take your test. We're we're here right. to kind of help you get uh, motivated a little bit and and interested in getting your ticket. So yeah, don't forget to to uh, send in your entry to win the uh, the yes. ICOM swag here, the hat and the T-shirt. And, and that I is. I guess we'll announce it next month. Yep, we'll announce the winner. It's Ham College at AmateurLogic.tv. Also, uh, don't forget about our social networks. We've got groups at Facebook and at Google+. And you can follow at AmateurLogic on Twitter. You can also follow at Ham College on Twitter, but at Ham College has just not been saying much, except when there's going to be a show. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's mostly just announcements. But the, uh, the Amateur Logic one's a little bit more active. Yeah. Yeah, the show's been around longer, so m most people go to it, but we have both there. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you want to check the show notes and see what we talked about? Well, you can go to amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Our friend Dan in 9LVS does the wiki for us and does show notes for both of the programs there. Yeah, thanks to him for doing that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, thanks for that, Dan. Well, thanks for being here with us tonight, everyone. Had a great time, as always. And we'll be seeing some of you in Huntsville here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it, uh, it's weeks, going to be kind of a, a little bit special event this time. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the area, you definitely want to come out there. There's some things that are going to be going on that uh, can't really say a lot right. about right now, yeah. but you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be worth the trip for sure. Yeah, yeah, it will be. It will be. 73. 73. Two twenty four forty megahertz. Yeah, that's seventy centimeters. Yep. What's two two twenty? Is that uh, one point two? No. No seventy. Isn't that twenty three centimeters? I don't know. Okay, let's start over at yeah. the bottom again. <laughs> <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs>